Welcome to Inside the OC, a podcast about the world's largest participatory sporting event, the United States Bowling Congress Open Championships. Join Matt Cannizzaro and Aaron Smith as they talk to some of the greatest names in the history of the tournament. The Eagles are ready. Let's take flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Inside the OC. My name is Matt Cannizzaro. Another thrilling episode coming up for you today. We've got a terrific guest, and this man does just about everything there is to do in the sport of bowling. Uh, and we're going to go way back. We're going to tell you the journey of Brent Bowers. But before we get started with our guest, let's bring in my co-host for today, Mr. Aaron Smith. Welcome. Hello, Matthew. How are you doing today? Welcome back. How are things at the IBC? Things are going well. I got uh, Chris and Bo behind me here, so I'm ready for another great edition of Inside the OC. You know, when we were uh, kind of preparing for this, and or you were preparing for it, you were doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, but, uh, you know, when kind of, you know, Brent has been out in front of bowling for so long, this feels more like an episode of this is your life versus a podcast. Uh, but it's very cool. We got a lot of great stuff to uh, chat with Brent about. So uh, I'm ready. Let's uh, let's get this thing started. All right. Well, when I was chatting with him to get ready for the show, uh, I mean, he's only in his early 30s now. So uh, still a long way to go in his career with, uh, with the sport of bowling. And um, he said that he really didn't feel like he accomplished that much. And like, I already knew quite a bit. Uh, and then I started doing some research. I was like, this is a very modest young man. He's going places uh, in our sport, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's bring him on. Let's talk. Let's catch up. Uh, and you guys spent some time together last year, so we can uh, we can reminisce a little bit about uh, the good old days of 2019 as well. Absolutely. And uh, with that, Brent Bowers, welcome to the Hi show. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hey, we really appreciate it. Uh, again, we're gonna we're gonna tell the tale of Brent Bowers and uh, and the amazing place that you come from and the history and tradition and uh, even got some of it right behind you there in the office. So uh, we're not going to waste a whole lot of time today. Uh, we're going to get to it. Uh, eventually, we're going to talk about the Open Championships, of course. The show is called Inside the OC, uh, and you are an Eagle winner, no doubt a very special part of your bowling career. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to take it way back. Uh, we're going to catch up with what things have been like for you in 2020, and then we're going to go back to the early, early days of Brent Bowers on the lanes. Uh, Chuck Hall star tomorrow, collegiate national champion, junior team USA. Uh, quite a list of accomplishments for you. Uh, but first, let's catch up. You got to spend some time with Aaron Smith in 2019 at the USBC Women's Championships and USBC Queens. Uh, you are the general manager there at North Rock Lanes in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, it's been a crazy year for all of us in general uh, and especially in the bowling industry Tell us about what 2020 has been like for not only uh, Brent Bowers, but for the Wichita Bowling community as well. Um, well, obviously, 2020 is a very strange year for everybody, and everybody's dealing with it in different ways. Um, it feels like just yesterday we were in February, and uh, and, and in, our, in our world, we were running a very successful uh, tournament, the Southwest Bowling Association event, uh, which, was in our, which was in their 15th year with us. And, and then it was just like the world stopped, and... Uh, you know, we, we feel so fortunate, so blessed here in Wichita. Um, our numbers, as far as COVID goes, are significantly uh, lower than uh, a lot of other uh, populations. And so, uh, you know, we, we reopened back on Memorial Day. We've been open since with uh, some limited capacity, which has slowly loosened up over time. And 
And uh, we did run some summer leagues. Our numbers were down a bit throughout summer, but uh, we worked really, really hard to try to get our league bowlers back this uh, fall. A number of new bowlers that, uh, uh, you know, feel like things are safe enough to get out and about and do things. So uh, we're nearly flat. We feel so lucky here at North Rock. Um, it's a beautiful center. You mentioned earlier, you know, I, I've been the GM here for a few years, but since I was a kid, this has been my favorite bowling center. And so it's, it's such a gift to be able to now – uh, well, it's a, it's a gift and, and it can be scary because I, I've had this conversation with my boss in New York times. I don't want to be the guy that ruins this place as somebody who holds it in such high regards and, and cares about it so much. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so, you know, we've got a great team, great group of people, uh, our league coordinator, our youth director, um, other people that are, that have been with us for many, many years. Um, I think that consistency helps us you know, when tournaments come back, a lot of these folks remember how this stuff works. And when our league bowlers come back year after year, it's the same relationships we've already formed. So, um, and, you know, in the Wichita bowling community, for the most part, it seems like things are somewhat normal. And, and we've said this a number of times, you know, if, if I have to wear this mask for the rest of my life to keep life feeling the way it feels right now, I'd be perfectly happy doing that forever. Um, you know, so things, things are good, certainly better than some worse than others, but, but we feel very, very lucky to have a, have our business up and operational right now. Yeah, Brent, with, with the things that you post on social media and all the things that you do at your center, the great events that you have, the, the future for youth bowling, uh, if there was a, a person or, or a way to that epitomizes what a future for the sport means, certainly uh, your name would be on that list. Uh, just following you and, uh, and all your efforts, certainly we appreciate that. Uh, and again, a lot of that, as you described, has to do with your upbringing, where you came from, uh, and the amazing bowling community in Wichita and the surrounding area, um, and you know, all of those things helped you, again, become who you are and make you want the next generation to experience the things that you did. And while we can do all the research in the world, find all the info, dig up all the baby pictures of little Brent <laughs> running around in a diaper, uh, certainly uh, there's no better resource than somebody uh, potentially who has walk those streets, live those moments, knows the people you know. Uh, so we do have a very special guest for today's show who's going to come in and share some of the information, uh, ask you some great questions that uh, only somebody who's connected uh, in the area and has lived it can know. Uh, we'd like to bring in the executive director of USBC, Mr. Chad Murphy. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Want, I'm doing great. Uh when we started talking about this, I want to thank Matt and Aaron for uh, allowing me to join the podcast today. My first trip into the OC podcast. I uh, have been enjoying listening to it for quite a while. I want to start there. But uh, when started to learn about how we were going to talk about your journey, I thought, man, uh, I'd like to be a part of that uh, part of the podcast. If that's OK with you. Sure, sure. A lot of folks, you know, we talk about Wichita when we, when we talk about Brent Bowers, but I, I know you was actually from a, a small town uh, not too far from there, which was kind of the beginning of your journey. And so I, I would like for you to, you know, just kind of start off by, by talking about that small town and, and what it meant to you. Um, well, there's no question. What you said, I mean, I, I live and breathe and, and love bowling. Um, and it, it did. It started in Hutchinson, Kansas at a place called Countryside Lanes, a 40-lane center there on 30th Street. Um, and, uh, and, and so many stars have aligned for me. The people I've met, the places I've been, at the times I've been there, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the greatest bowler of all time or, or even the greatest bowler to come from the dirt of, of this great state of Kansas. But, uh, but I do feel like I've had a very uh, blessed career, very good career. And, and I, and I hope it's not over. Um, but all these people that have been in my path that have allowed this to happen, uh, I feel a great debt to the sport of bowling. Everything in my life uh, has almost come from bowling. My, my family, my friends, uh, all through the sport of bowling. Uh, most of the people that were at my wedding, most people that stood up there at my wedding, all from bowling. And so, uh, uh, but that does, that all starts in a, a small town of about 50,000, uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, I started bowling at the age of three. My uh, mom was the youth director there at Countryside. Uh, my dad was the local bowling association manager. And my brother bowled. My brother was nine years older than me, uh, and I can still envision his uh, beautiful blue hammer, uh, you know, going and ripping the racks there at Countryside. And that's what uh, evolved my passion and love for it. And so, uh, and, and, and obviously, that's a very special bowling center for you as well, Chad. Um, I, I, I reference that place now as the house that Lowell built. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you and your brother and Lonnie and Brian and, and Rich Renolette and Darren Needham and all these people that are now uh, in my life that, uh, that have a connection and have uh, spent time there in Hutch at Countryside. So it's, uh, it was a great place. It was a great place to be a kid. It was a great place to grow up. And I'm so thankful that, uh, that that's where it all started. Thanks for going there. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but there's a picture of that bowling center on the wall, uh, the horizontal one. Uh, of Countryside Lane. So I appreciate you going there and, and talking about your mom and dad. And I'm going to get to that a little bit, but start off, you and I were both younger brothers of someone that had a, a pretty significant impact in our lives uh, growing up and, and bowling and being a part of that. Uh, my brother, Billy, who you know well, but also your brother, Brian. Talk a little bit about uh, how you got going there and, 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 and the impact uh, Brian had on you and, and why you wanted to bowl. Uh, nine years older than I was, um, and I wanted to be just like him. Everything he did, I wanted to. I wanted to do it, and I'm sure it drove him nuts. I'm, you know, there's no, there's not many 12, 13 year old kids that want their three, four year old little brother uh, tagging along. And so, uh, so uh, against his will, oftentimes I would always be there watching him bowl and and uh, observing him going to tournaments, watching bowl in tournaments, and and uh, as it sometimes happens, you know, I uh, I worked really, really hard. I was also very fortunate to meet up with a great coach who's pictured here behind me. Uh, Mark Lewis comes to Hutchinson when I'm nine years old. Um, and I, and I worked with him privately. Uh, my parents paid for my weekly lesson with him until I went on to Wichita state at 18. But, um, you know, Brian left when I was nine and came to Wichita and tried out for Wichita state's bowling team. And I can still remember it was such a big deal for a kid from Hutchinson that they, they did a front page article in the Hutchinson news sports section. Uh, and, and we still have that framed at home of, of Brian there, holding his, his bowling ball, ready to go hit the big leagues. And, uh, it was aspirational. You know, I, I, when Brian moved away, I moved into Brian's bedroom. I kept a lot of it the same. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about Chuck Hall, the Chuck Hall award. Um, there was a picture of a guy by the name of, uh, Oh boy, this is bad that I've forgotten this. His first name was John and he was, uh, destined to be, uh, one of Wichita's up and coming stars. Um, and, uh, and, and he had won the Chuck All-Star tomorrow. And that article from the paper of him, that was right there, right next to another article of the score sheet for the Mike Albee, uh, David Ozio final in 1993 here at North Rock. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I lived in that room and I aspired to be, you know, as good as my brother come to find out who I thought he was as a bowler. He would go back and tell that it wasn't quite all true. I think he told me that he set the record for like the lowest, uh, uh, 
you know, score at, at Wichita State's tryouts that freshman year. I didn't know all that. I knew that he came here. He was working in this big, beautiful bowling center that I was in love with uh, here at North Rock. And he was bowling for a, a collegiate, but the greatest collegiate bowling team. He was trying out for the greatest collegiate bowling team of all time. And uh, there's no question there were some seeds planted there. And, uh, and some of those seeds have sprouted and come to fruition now. And uh, there's no question I wouldn't be where I'm at without Brian Bowers being a part of that journey. Awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, tell Brian uh, when you see him on this, our, our Facebook conversations. We always went back and forth uh, between uh, private messenger. Uh, moving into that a little bit, and again, Brian was a product of it. Uh, you talked about uh, Mark Lewis and your relationship there. One of the things that I always like to share with folks is how big, you know, parents can be, but also when they get involved, right? When, when I was bowling in that local market, um, you know, Pat Lewis was a name. Uh, she was a youth director uh, over at Boulevard Lanes. And of course, that's, that's Pat's mom, or excuse me, Mark's mother. Your mother uh, was a, a big piece of, of you growing up. And, and just to start this section, uh, I want to tell a quick story and, and I want to share a, a video of you talking about your mother. Uh, you know, your mom was the lady, uh, your dad too, but they were always around countryside, right? They just forever for years. And you could never walk in there and have a conversation with your mom or dad or even walk into them and they wouldn't have a good smile on their face. I mean, right when you walked up, you just knew that they were happy to be there. But uh, if it's okay, Matt, this would be clip number two, uh, which is uh, uh, Brent talking about his mom. Uh, in his Chuck Hall Star tomorrow speech. Thank you to my mom. I know deep down, even though I've questioned you in the past, that you are my number one fan. <laughs> and I know um, you were the youth director at our center for 13 years, and it was such a challenge for you to never show favoritism to your youngest son. And I sure didn't feel any. <laughs> but I know as I got older and I started to travel all over the country with a, a bowling bag, um, oftentimes it was alone. And I know that's not the way you would have wanted it. And um, there's never been a victory on the lanes and off that you haven't shared with me. And, and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I like to tell everyone, buddy, that, uh, you know, youth sports are run by, by people. And they're usually somebody's parents. And then your mom was a big piece of that. So if you don't mind, share the folks. You know, you go on to win these, these Eagles, right, this Eagle at this Open Championships. And, and you see the guys behind you, and we're going to talk about them in a few minutes. But uh, share with some folks just a perspective about your mom. And I know a little bit of that was funny, but there was some emotion there too. Yeah. Uh, Becky Bowers took over uh, part-time working at Countryside Lanes as youth director uh, while managing a full-time nine-to-five job at Farmland. Uh, she was in customer service at the Farmland Corporation there in Hutchinson. Uh, did that for 20-plus years. Um, and it, it, was, it wasn't uncommon, you know. Uh, she would come home from work at five, she would change clothes, and she was out the door by 5.15 or 5.30, headed to the bowl. Um, and, and if you walked into Countryside, the, the tabletops up top were these tall rounds with these red bar stools. And she would plant herself right there, somewhere between the front door and the front desk. 
and she'd have her binder of stuff and she'd be working on youth bowling. And she was like the, the you know, she was like the, the Walmart greeting person, you know, for countryside lanes. And, uh, um, she didn't do it for the money. I can promise you that. Um, but, uh, there wasn't a kid that walked in countryside lanes that she didn't get down on their level and talk to them. Very rarely talk to the parent that, that conversation happened later. Um, but she, uh, she impacted a lot of people. And, and so this day, a lot of these, these kids are roaming around and we see each other and, uh, they, they talk about how much fun mom's youth program was. And, and, uh, you know, and, and there's something about being a mother that some of the greatest youth programs we've seen built by mothers and people with that capacity to love children the way only a mother can. And, and, uh, it was very important to her to not let anybody think that she was favoring Brent Bowers because I was, I was getting good thanks to Mark Lewis and, and the coaching and the camps that I was getting at Wichita state. Um, but, but I know it was, it was hard for her because sometimes she wanted to, um, and she would go the other direction and I sometimes would beg for her attention, but, uh, it all makes sense now, you know, 20 years later, but, uh, yeah, she, 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 she ran that program for Brian and I, and much like my youth director here at North Rock now, who has gotten involved for very similar reasons, a son who just recently bowled his first ever 300 last week. Um, she got, she took this job. She left a, a, a good paying job to come to this job uh, for her boy. And she's doing a magnificent job with our program. And it's just, it's, it's really amazing how her story with, with Brady, uh, Kristen's story with Brady is so similar to my mom's story uh, with me. Uh, it's amazing. been very neat to watch. And I know there were a lot of other folks that were were so important uh, to your journey too. And 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 I won't name them all, but but you know folks like Melinda Collins and Sandy Butcher, and you know that community, that state was so into uh, you know building you know great people. Uh, but just talk a little bit about the the, the entire community because. You know, even though we're from Hutchinson and Countryside Lanes, it's, it's bigger than that, right? You're going all over the state, bowling and all these other uh, great programs and great tournaments. So speak to that a little bit if you can. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Belinda. You know, Belinda worked uh, part-time occasionally at our bowling center and uh, was a dear friend of my mom's. They had a, a group of ladies that would, would hang out and they'd go play cards at each other's houses and they would enjoy their time at, at Countryside. But it wasn't uncommon. Belinda would work on Friday or Saturday night and I'd be there bowling all the way till two, three in the morning, help her clean up the place. And she'd drive me home, uh, you know, at three o'clock in the morning after we'd, we'd closed up countryside. And it wasn't uncommon. I kind of came with the building at that time. Different managers would come in and just kind of became expected that, hey, you know, we, we take home this kid after after we're all done. But he he does a good job of cleaning the tables and and, and helping you pick up the house balls, things like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, you mentioned Sandy Butcher, who we just lost a few weeks ago. Um, our state youth director for a lot of years, um, firm, but fair, uh, no, you know, everybody respected her. Everybody loved her. Um, and she, she was a great character. She was a great role model. Um, you know, she, she played things by the book and, and, and she played by the rules. Um, but at the same time, recognized greatness, recognized when kids did great things. Um, and, and, and again, we, we, Kansas is just so special for a, for a state of two and a half to 3 million with only a couple of metro areas, you know, Wichita, about half a million people in our metro area. Um, there's just a special thing here in our bowling community. And it, and I, and I tie it all the way back. I think the butterfly effect of Gordon Vatican and those folks starting a great program uh, at Wichita state and, and the people that they built and recruited the jazz nows and, and uh, the different folks like that, it all kind of layered and, and, it, and it made Wichita really, really special. 
uh, yep. and, and, and that overflows to places like Hutchinson. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to move uh, there next. So, so hang in there with me, but you know, I, I've been lucky in traveling the world and, and anywhere you go, folks always say, Hey, where I grew up is the best. Right. And, and, you know, we could put, you know, bowlers from one area of the country against another group versus another group. Uh, and I am going to get to the Wichita state effect here in a minute, but uh, before we skip out on that early journey, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about your dad. I got another clip. Uh, so, Maddie, if you'll pull up uh, clip number three, uh, which is Brent uh, talking about his dad, and then Brent will talk about it on the other side. To my father, who's no longer here, that man devoted his life to my bowling, and uh, we had some great trips together. We had some wonderful McDonald's breakfast on Saturday morning in the countryside lanes. I won a many coins off of him uh, getting strikes and spares as a bantam bowler. And he was always there for me. And, and mom, you know this, you two were always willing to sacrifice for my gain. And I am forever grateful. Got to take you back a little bit. You know, I, I considered your your parents uh, good friends of mine. I had a lot of respect for them. I know uh, both of them. You're, you've got to be proud of you today. But uh, if you want to share anything about your dad, I'll give you a second to do that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things a lot of people go through. I, I lost my father a little earlier in life than, than a lot of folks do. Um, hard to believe it's been 15 years this month since he passed away. Um, I was a senior in high school. And I, I had a couple of years there where I absolutely could have could have fallen off the rails and had some very special people in my life, you know, keep putting me back together and holding me together. But, uh, you know, growing up, he was 50 when I was born um, and uh, which is rather unusual. It wasn't uncommon for people to assume he was my grandpa, um, but I loved him. I knew nothing else. He, he was my dad. And this is how father son relationships were supposed to look. And uh, he was also disabled. But. He, you wouldn't know it by talking to him. He, he never acted it or he never, uh, you know, leveraged it. Um, he used to, you know, there's a whole, bu whole bunch of stuff there, but um, he was a local bowling association uh, manager. He bowled on Friday nights, was the secretary of their league that uh, mom, and I, mom and dad bowled with uh, Jackie and Gil uh, uh, on Friday nights. And uh, he even had a lift on his shoe, like an inch and a half lift because of all of his health problems. It's just, just, just funny, but through a teal rhino of which, we still have. And, and, uh, um, he, he loved bowling and he loved watching Brian and I bowl. And, uh, you know, he took me to junior gold when it was there in Dallas. I think that would have been maybe Oh three driving a grand Am that was overheating the whole way down there. And, and, uh, uh, you know, we couldn't afford to, we couldn't afford that trip. And they always found a way. Um, it didn't matter what credit card we had to max out. They, uh, they took a huge gamble on me and, and, uh, uh so far it's, it's worked out. So, um, you know, he lives with me every day. I, the older I get, the more and more I start to look like him. And, and I look at my hands and I can remember his hands and they, you know, just so many things. And people are starting to say the same thing that, that knew him or are starting to tell me how much I look like him. And, uh, uh, and I take great pride in that. My, my middle name is his first name, Alwyn. And I used to hate that name. I just hated it. And I've grown to love it. And uh, I'm so glad that, that he gave me his name, um, even though it was rather unusual to explain to kids when I was younger. But um, 
yeah, I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at without him and, and his influence for 17 years. Isn't it amazing that the, the things that you remember, uh, the junior gold trip with the bigger fill overheating green man, that's a great story. Uh, so let's move a little bit, right? So you, you, you grew up in, in, you know, countryside lanes, Hutchinson, Kansas. You, you're you're going to go to school to, to be a bowler. You've now, you know, uh, we, we went from, hey, I knew you when and where to now you're you're hitting the big time, right? I'm on one a collegiate bowling program in the in the country. You've got Mark Lewis as your coach. You're you're moving into having conversations with folks like Gordon Vatican. Uh, Chuck Hallstar tomorrow is part of that. And I, I just want to share uh, a perspective about that. But but talk about your move in at Wichita State and and your relationship with Gordon. Um well, the, the, to, to make it as quick as I can, because it, it can be a long one if I wanted it to be, um, you know, Ray Beatty, who works for Joma here, he came and managed my bowling center when I was nine. In that process, Mark Lewis had just come back from the United Arab Emirates as their coach and was looking for a job. And he started out as the manager of Countryside Lanes for a brief period of time, traveling to and from Wichita to manage the center. Um, so, I mean, I didn't realize at the time, but I mean, that's that's absolutely a star that aligned for me. And my mom immediately started me taking lessons with Mark, $25 a lesson. I can still remember she'd always pre-write the check and he'd always make fun of her chicken scratch. Um, and, uh, and he even used to come and pick me up in my driveway after school on his way into the bowling center. We'd go have a one hour lesson and then he'd start working from five o'clock to close. Uh, and then eventually as he might, as he eventually, uh, I think I was probably 11 or so he, he took on the full-time role as assistant coach to Gordon and, uh, and, and they even let me into the Shocker Bowling Camp a year earlier than, than the, the, the legal age that they had on the documents. But uh, I went to Shocker Bowling Camp about seven or eight times every summer, one, every, one time every summer. Um, and then when I'm 18, I went and I tried out. They didn't have pre-selections. There was no guarantees. Um, but I was bleeding black and gold for a long time by that point. And I uh, uh, was a rookie the same year John Zerbinski came in from Buffalo, from North Tonawanda. And, uh, and, and it was a great year. We were a fantastic team that first year. Um, I, uh, I was not, I, I, I thought I was good, but I wasn't that good. Um, those guys that I was born with, uh, George Lambert, Steve Elson, Jesse Buss, Chris Drews, Osama Calfon, a lot of really good bowlers. And we were number one ranked in the nation and we lose, we lose at nationals to UC Davis back to back pops. And, uh, and the whole program changed from there. It was really interesting. I, I, I feel like I got Gordon Vatican in his prime when it came to coaching, he was really, really sharp and he knew exactly we stood on the concourse at the national tournament after that freshman loss. Um, and he knew exactly what our road looked like the next year. And then we, uh, we went on a, a three year run of winning uh, three consecutive national championships. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I even, <laughs> I took a year off uh, my third year at Wichita state. I was broke. I was, I was uh, working here at North rock. I was working at a local cor corporate catering company and I had started uh, coaching um, to try to make ends meet. My mom was obviously on her own, had lost any income my dad had. Um, she was working at Dillon's as a self-check, as a checkout person on top of working at the bank all day uh, once we had moved to Mulvane. And uh, so I, I, I and, and honestly, my grades weren't great. There was just a lot of things that weren't right in my life. And so I took a year off. Uh, they won without me being there. I called Coach V and said, you clearly didn't need me um, like you thought you did. And uh, he was convinced I wasn't going to come back. I told him I was going to come back. And I did come back the, the next year, and that was when we brought in Ronnie Sparks as well, and we won the third one in a row in El Paso, um, and it was uh, it was just it was just magic. I mean, I, if I could go back 
to any spot in my life. Uh, my time bowling on that team was by far has been the most enjoyable time of my life. Um, and the people and the friendships, I look at that photo you've got right there. I mean, Kevin Tatra was in my wedding, John Zerbinski and I, I mean, I lived on John's floor in the dorm for about a month and a half until he kicked me out because I was driving him crazy freshman year. Um, you know, Jake Peters, uh, who also married a shocker, Melissa Hurst, they live in Las Vegas. Um, you know, just a lot of special people there. I, every single person that in that picture is a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, and that's what bowling does to us. You know, bowling has a lot of special people in it. It, it, it bonds us and it brings us together. And uh, it was a lot of, a lot of fun that, that three feet run. Yeah, you are. We always talk about the, you know, the body of work that, you know, happens. You're a product of, of bowling, right? You think about YABA youth bowling, which is IBC youth now, and then moving into collegiately, and then you moved on. And we always celebrate some of those guys in that picture because they, they become PBA champions. And so those are the, but there's this other group, right, that does the same thing. You went 40 miles from your home to college, and then now you're working uh, at a center in that same community uh, as the GM. You, you're a success of the platform, too. Two steps within that, uh, Chuck Hall and uh, certainly went in OC Eagle as part of that. But before we move on from the collegiate piece, I know you and Gordon have a very unique relationship, and it's one of, of utmost respect. Uh, what you said there, I think, is important, and and you can hit on it uh, here in just a second. But I'll bet you there aren't too many folks that didn't pass through that program that wouldn't say they got Gordon Vatican at his best. And and so I appreciate you saying that a great deal, uh, because I, I think it's it's probably a lot of folks feel the same way. Uh, but you also have a, a relationship with them that that is more of a friendship. And so if you don't mind, I got one more clip from your your Chuck Hall speech. Sorry, we'll segue to that. <laughs> I'm mad it's clip number one. I thought about this long and hard for a long time. And I continued to talk to my friends about how to deal with this anxiety of uh, speaking in front of all of you today. They all gave me the same typical advice that I should uh, picture you all naked. So that was my plan until I was driving over here this morning and I realized that my collegiate bowling coach and USBC Hall of Famer Gordon Vatican would be in the audience. And that's just not something I think I can recover from. I'm running these clips, obviously, Brent, because when we do these shows, you know, there's lots of ways to, to find the personality. But I was really proud of you that day. I was in the audience sitting in the back uh, with Frank DeSocio. Uh, and it, it just everybody experiences those differently. But I just think you did a, a wonderful job with that speech. Uh, you really Chad, did. Chad, if I can, that that sure. that that is the only piece of that speech that was uh, uh, predetermined that I had thought about. I. I remember sitting in the audience. I, I didn't. I didn't have a speech. I was sitting there next to my mom, writing some notes on a napkin, and she looked at me and said, "You haven't written a speech." And I said, "No." And my mom, if you know my mom, she is not me. I am cut from my father's cloth. Uh, we are procrastinators. We do a lot of things. We fly fly by the seat of our pants. Um, but that but that piece I had thought about, and I remember the only person I had told that to prior to going down to Dallas. I was standing in your brother's pro shop right on the other side of this wall. And I told Billy had prepared for coach V 
And, uh, and that's the only piece. And then, and then I knew the rest of that speech was just going to be a thank you note to everybody who had, who had made a difference in my life. And, uh, and it happened to turn out, turned out okay that day. So it was awesome. Eight minutes of just absolutely love and respect. I really appreciated the way you went about that. I want to talk about the Chuck Hall piece a little bit. And I got to get out of here because I told these guys I wouldn't take up the whole show. Uh, but I really have two more pieces to hit and then I'll, I'll move on. Uh, a lot of folks wouldn't know it, but but Kansas is actually a little bit of a hub for the Chuck Hall uh, Star Tomorrow. Uh, 1985, Justin Romick. 1989, Lonnie Wallachek. Uh, 1995, John Miller, who you talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, UN 11. And then Derek Holmes in 14. Uh, I could get all the way down to the high schools, uh, you know, that, that those guys uh, went to. But when you think about that, it's pretty amazing. But then I want to bring in another group, and that's the group that comes into Wichita State, and then we'll, we'll try to tie the community and, and how it works. But uh, Chris Whitty, Danny Maydew, uh, Patrick Healy, Brad Jonitz, uh, I think Sean Rash and Nathan Bohr. So there were 11 Chuck Halls that landed into that community. And I, I don't necessarily wanting to get in why or how because obviously it's the people that you talked about earlier that that you surround yourself with but when you think about that kind of you know firepower into a into a certain realm and then the eagles that come from it as well which i'm going to get into next but just talk about uh, what it means to you you know winning that award and having uh, your name synonymous with those uh, i can remember getting a phone call from um from uh, the ibc youth group uh and um, I was actually at home sick that day. I got a call and I was laying on the couch in mom's living room and I couldn't believe it. I, I applied just because it's what you were supposed to do, but I really did not think at that point in time um, I would be qualified for it. Um, I, I would argue that maybe there was a weak class of people that attempted that year. Um, but, you know, there's so many things. I mean, you know, without Junior Team USA, without the gold medals in El Salvador with, uh, at the PABCON event, an event that I wasn't supposed to bowl in. And I, I tell the story here. I mean, Chuck Hall, the stars, the way the stars aligned for that, you know, I'm working here at North Rock in 08, and Ricky Ellison, who had just made Junior Team USA, not, at the time was Ricky Williams, uh, was bolt practicing with her family. And on her way out, she said, we'll see you in Detroit at Junior Gold. And I said, Rick, I can't afford it. I'm not going. And she said, no, Bowers, you have to go. We have to get you there. And she talked about – calling days in and trying to get a sponsor for my hotel. And, and then, and then I, that day I decided I was going to go, I'd already qualified, but I couldn't afford it. And that day I decided I was going to go. It was a month away. And once it became known that I was trying to go another dear family here in town, uh, parent, Tom Tatro, the parents of a uh, dear friend of mine, Kevin Tatro set me down on the concourse here and said, Brent, we know you want to go. You've been nothing but nice and good to Kevin since we came from Hawaii and we'd like to pay for your hotel. And they paid for my hotel to go to Detroit and bowl the junior gold tournament. And uh, so I get my 1994 Camry stuffed with every bowling ball I own and every, every clothing I can. And I go and, and I, I, I go and it, that's a longer story. Will Clark is, is I stop in Chicago with Will Clark to get some coaching. I end up making junior team. USA. I get selected. It was the best performance of my youth career. Um, and, and then a month after that, they change a bunch of age rules. I'm not supposed to be on the 08 team, only the 09 team. They drag me out of the 08 team because a bunch of kids are age eligible now. Andrew Koff declines to go to the PABCON because of schoolwork, which it, I think that decision has served him well. His folks knew what they were doing when they raised Anna and Andrew. Um, but because of Andrew's schoolwork, 
I then was able to go to, uh, to El San Salvador, El Salvador with Danny Spink, Jeffrey Young, and John Zerbinski, and we swept the gold medals. It was the best performance the youth team had ever had at uh, a PABCON event, and I wasn't even supposed to be there. And so without Ricky Ellison starting that chain reaction and getting me to go to junior gold and making that team and then, and then winning the gold medals at PABCON, there's no question that I'm not on that podium uh, for the Chuck Hall Star of Tomorrow speech uh, of, of where I learned about a job with the state bowling proprietors that was going to keep me in the bowling business. And it was a business I'd always wanted to be in. And it just started this, this massive chain reaction. Um, and, uh, and I, I sat on the concourse at the Radigan Student Center, at the bowling center there at Wichita State next to John Zerbinski my sophomore year. And I can still vividly remember telling him, said, John, I don't care if I make $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year for the rest of my life. I'm going to live in bowling. Everything and anything. I, I, I just feel this tremendous debt to give it back. Uh, bowling's given me so much. And I want the same opportunities to be available for the next generation of Brent Bowers or Georgia Wiggins or Ricky Williams or whoever it may be. And so uh, there's no place I'd rather be. I, I love everything about my life right now. Yeah, it, it, I, I think so many of us feel that way for sure. But I love the way that you just presented that. I want to talk about the guys behind you a little bit, and then I'm going to segue it back to, to Matt and Aaron and, and the OC part of this, right? So your entire journey all the way through these process, you've had all of this help. Why uh, so much success from a group of bullish from Kansas, and you represent that uh, as I do, but but you uh, at, a, at a larger level, I really believe that because competitively you've just done more. Uh, but those guys behind you, uh, and another group of people uh, amazingly represent uh, over 40 Eagles at the Open Championships. I'm just going to run off some of, some of the names. There's a question coming, so hang in there. But uh, Jay Trell, Mark Henson, Barnes, Vatican, Chappelle, Lewis, uh, Compton, uh, Wallachek, uh, Vatican, of course, uh, Ronnie Sparks, uh, Matt McNeil. These are all names that came in and out of Wichita that, that hold Eagles. And I, I tell people, they say, well, how did you get involved in the Open Championships? And I always point to that those guys behind you, right? Because I, I don't know that I would have known anything about the Open Championships if it wasn't for, you know, Paul Wallachek and Mark Jensen and Gordon Vatican and Mark Lewis. And I, I kind of think of it, you know, in terms of the, the community itself, right? But you have all of these eagles that have been won within this. This TJ Mento comes in there and, and wins one. Explain it like I'm not being able to explain it like I'd like to, uh, Brent. But but I, I think it kind of goes back to those guys in that Chilton uh, vending team with Billiards team. But I, I don't know. What do you think? They're the founders. Chilton, the Chilton team for me were the founders of competitive bowling in the Wichita market. And from them spawned a lot of great things for the future generations. I was a student of that tournament. It all started for me with Coach Mark Lewis uh, I knew that, that I knew he'd been a part of this. And, and when I moved to the community, I got to know guys like Mark Jensen. And as you mentioned, my relationship with Gordon Vatican has certainly changed into more of a friendship. I, I, I you know, it's a great relationship we have now having lunch next week. Um, you know, Bob Chappelle is another one that I just randomly get to know. And I'm, I'm addicted to the history. I, I want to know everything there is to know about bowling and Wichita bowling. And so, um, you know, getting to know these guys, it, it, you know, getting to guys like Bill Lillard and what, I mean, I, I want to chase the total pinfall record, right? Because of Bill Lillard and guys like Joe Norris. Uh, but that all started with Mark and Mark and Gordon and Paul Wallachek and Bob um, and other guys like Rick Steelsmith that have, that have been, I think Pat Healy might've been the sixth man for the team behind me. 
you know, I, I wish so badly I would have been of age to have gone back and watched that. I wish we had better video footage so I could go back and watch stuff like that. Um, but they are. I consider them the founders of competitive bowling in this market. Yeah, it's it's an amazing ride. But uh, I, I want to get out of here. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking it easy on me, allowing me to come in and be a part of, of, of this podcast. Um, like I said earlier, I think the position, the thing that I knew you would do is, is make it about everybody else because that's it's how you're wired, right? And and But I'm really proud of you, buddy. You think about all you're accomplishing, all you're doing. The, the thing that I'm the most proud of is you went from this competitive bowler that you know wanted to be a pro, and now you're a bowling builder, right? You you promote it in your your bowling market there. You do everything you can because you want more people to experience it. So I'm going to pass it back over to Matt uh, and Aaron. But I, I want to say to you before I go how proud I am of you, uh, and I'll let them uh, engage the actual OC piece of it. But but thanks being part of the, the club. Uh, some people call it the Wichita Mafia. Uh, and you think about all of these people that I just talked about that are members of it. Uh, I'm proud to be a member of it. And, and thanks to you too. We got handshakes and, and, and it's a club and membership and, and jackets and everything, right? <laughs> so anyway, have fun. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. That was, uh, that was some really awesome stuff there, Brent. Uh, again, uh, would have been hard for us to to tell the stories in such a way and, and know the names and uh, feel the emotion uh, that certainly was stirred there. Uh, so we appreciate that opportunity uh, and some great insight for us and um, things that uh, you know we we knew to ask about, but maybe not in in such a way. Uh, so that is great. Um, and now we're going to transition, of course, a little bit uh, to the OC part of this inside the OC podcast. Uh, the background that's the foundation for who you are as a player. Uh, you mentioned all the great names, all the guys that influenced you along the way. Uh, so awesome that you appreciate the history of the sport uh, and the event and, of course, Wichita Bowling uh, the way that you do. Um, and then you mentioned also leaving college for a year uh, because, uh, you know, just things needed to, to change a little bit uh, financially and, and just the path uh, for you was different, per se, than others maybe who come through the Wichita program. So let's talk about that. Um, as you transition out of college, uh, going on to the next step, uh, of course, so much talent from there goes on to the professional ranks and chases that dream. Uh, you are chasing a different dream, taking a different path. Uh, tell us about that. And, and I mean, that's a, a big decision uh, in a way, especially being as talented as, as you are as a player uh, coming out of college to, to serve the sport in a different way. Tell us about that. Um. I, I appreciate the compliments. Uh, I look back on it. I always thought I was a better bowler than I ever really was. Uh, when you show up to Wichita State and you're bowling with a guy like John Zerbinski, John had something about him that I did not have, and I recognized it early, um, and I wasn't willing to put in the work at that point to, to get where he was. Um, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, I've, I've been fortunate to be around some great people. You know, Chris Prather and I partnered up as doubles partners, and, and we knew Chris was going to be special. Uh, he had a gift the moment he showed up in Wichita. Um, I happened to convince him to be my partner before anybody else did. That's all it really was. Um, and, you know, we, we, we take third in doubles in El Paso. Uh, one of the only times I have ever beaten him in a team, in a team setting. Typically, uh, I'm somewhere in the back riding, you know, riding him like a horse. But, uh, uh, you know, and then you look at what, what happened in 2016. Um, such an interesting story. I mean, we... That team, Zach Rhodes 
really wasn't supposed to be there. I, Zach wasn't going to be able to go. I told him I would, I would fund, fund his trip and back him. And uh, we, we knew Zach is either on or off. He's not, you know, it always seemed like when everybody else was lined up, Zach had, had some struggle. And if Zach was lined up, the rest of us always had uh, some issues. Uh, he does some pretty unique things that, that make him a special bowler. But, you know, that year it was like frame three, he had like 48 and the third of game one. And he's like, I got to get out of here. I got to move left. I got to, you know, we're like, no, don't, don't move left. And, and fi- you know, finally we just said, forget it. Just go, go do whatever you got to do. And he jumped left and went on a tear and it convinced that Prather and Hoopé that they could jump a little bit. So they, they kind of got halfway to where Zach was and we left Z- Zwashka and myself as far right as we could. And I think it allowed us to, to blend that pair of lanes out really well. Um, but again, Zach wasn't even supposed to be there and he shoots 750 and, and he gives us all a gift, which is really what I feel. I mean, we don't get me wrong. I, I didn't shoot 490, uh, you know, but, but, you know, a couple of us in there were six thirties and a couple of us in there with seven O's and then Zach in there with, with the 750. Um, it was so, it was so special, so much fun. I, I wish I could do it again every single year and, and our, our paths have taken us different directions. And, and obviously with some of the rule changes, um, which I completely understand. Uh, but you know, you control the controllables, you change what you can, uh, what you can change and you don't worry about the rest. And so, uh, uh, I've even migrated my own self. You know, I, my goal now is to take as many people to that tournament as I can, because that tournament, much like bowling has given me so much, um, that I want other people to experience. And I want to, I want that, that event to continue to be successful and, uh, and, and hopefully grow if we can get, uh, get us out of this COVID experiment. You know, this is uh, difficult times, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I answered your question there. I think I, I think I might have ran on a tangent, but well, that's, that's what we do here on the inside of the OC. Uh, we just like talking bowling and history. Um, and the night that you mentioned, uh, 2016, the regular team event, of course, uh, you guys went on to win the team title. Uh, it was a wacky night for all of us. Um, you know, we obviously saw something very special uh, in that team. A couple of the players that you mentioned, uh, Mitch Hupe, Chris Brather, have gone on to. Find a big, big stage as well internationally and on the PBA tour. Uh, but you guys came in, the camaraderie, the friendship, uh, the things that Wichita State breeds. Uh, and you were on the live stream schedule for that night. Uh, I believe that was the, the time in, when all the internet in Nevada went out for however many hours. And so uh, everybody's waiting. They're waiting, waiting, waiting. And then uh, you guys come out with 1,004, game number one. Uh, so nobody's too upset at that point. Like They didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, and then the thing started happening, and and the scores that followed, uh, you guys nearly got to 3,400 after a 1,004 start. Um, things that you really can't teach. Again, uh, you made a big move there. You trusted uh, the instincts. You trusted each other, the communication. Uh, and then you were able to realize uh, eventually, uh, it was still a, a month later, uh, winning an Open Championships Eagle, something uh, that you clearly have had some emotion about, um, knowing what it meant to the community, knowing uh, what Gordon and those guys did in the late 1980s, uh, to be in that position. Tell us about that night, uh, taking the lead uh, in the way that you did, and then having a chance to win an eagle at the OC. Um, you know, obviously Mark Lewis has had a very uh, profound impact on me in the way I view bowling, in the way I view life. Um, and, and he always said, I don't know why, you know, we, we bowled a number of events together, uh, three or four or five events we bowled. And it was always very special for me to get to watch him walk out on the lanes and get introduced as an Eagle champion, Eagle winner. And uh, 
but he did always mention, you know, the, the goal was always to kind of shoot like a thousand number, then like an 1100 number, then like a 1200 number. If you set them up the right way, they should get easier and allow you to go gangbusters uh, as the day goes on. And so, and it's really interesting because it's almost exactly what happened for us. A thousand, 1100, 1200. And, uh, um, that night, like I said, uh, uh, 19 and 20 at the National Bowling Stadium, uh, a, a bowling center that I historically have not bowled well at. Um, but we, we have that really weird first game. The first three or so uh, frames wasn't really pretty. Zach was confused, not really sure what he was doing. Um, and so uh, uh, – and so – he jumps left because he's kind of in panic mode. And we say, you know, Zach, just go do whatever you want to do. We all had to plan to stay right. And uh, and we did. And then uh, I assume we're looking at game three probably here, right? Yeah, sure. right at the end where they had they had opened up quite a bit. Um, but, you know, Zach Zach led all that. And, and again, a kid that wasn't even supposed to be there. I mean, we wasn't going to be able to make it. And we, we drove out there. And we drove all the way there uh, to Reno and back that trip. Um and so uh, it was. It was a really, really special night. And again, you know, I'm 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 appreciative of of people thinking that I'm a great bowler. It's it's hard when you grow up in Wichita and you go to Wichita State and you get to bowl alongside guys like Chris Prather and John Zerbinski, Ronnie Sparks, Josh Blanchard, Jake Peters, guys who have gone on to do some really amazing things in, in our sport. Um, it, it makes me look average at best, and I and I feel that way, and I'm totally okay with it. You know, I uh, uh, a lot of folks don't know this. My my father had a disability. My, my brother and I both have this ankylosing spondylitis, early onset rheumatoid arthritis thing. I learned it in 08 when I majored in TUSA. I knew that long-term uh, my body wasn't going to treat me well, and, uh, and it didn't make sense to put a lot of eggs in the competitive basket, you know? And so, uh, so since then, kind of my idol's been Mark Jensen. Mark has bowled every year for, you know, the last 60 years or so, and he plays a pretty narrow and straight game, and he doesn't put a whole lot on it. And I've kind of uh, – kind of done the same thing in hopes that I can bowl late, late in life um, uh, in some way, shape or form. But, but yeah, this, this night, you know, it was special. We have a companion team there. Uh, my wife uh, at the time, at the time we're, we're not, my wife, Derek Lewis, Colton, Leela and Ashley, we were lucky to have them working with us to, uh, to not destroy the pair, to do the right things. Um, you know, this, this was without a doubt our, our best year and our, we were the most prepared. We'd done some practice sessions, Prior to that uh, year, thanks to the live streams, we had an idea of what it was going to look like, you know, how it needed to play. So um, we'd done our research. And, uh, uh, you know, when you study hard and you practice hard, good things happen. And when you have a guy like that, I mean, my gosh, he just – Chris is just so much fun to watch. Um, and, and he gives you confidence. He, you know, like I said, I, I don't think I'm that great. But when I bowl with Chris, you know, you can't help but, but have a really clear picture of what's supposed to happen. And when you have a really clear picture, clear picture of what it's supposed to look like – it makes it a lot easier for yourself to go up there and do it. So really loosens up the arm swing and, and allows you to make better shots. Now, Brent, as we finish up game three here, obviously there's more excitement to come the following day uh, with team all events, but uh, you know, just what was this night like for you guys after the fact, knowing you had taken the lead, obviously got to do all the, the after stuff with Matt, with the interview, but just what did, you know, kind of letting it sink in right then and there, not even worrying about potentially, winning down the road, uh, you know, just taking over the lead at the Open Championships team event, which, you know, historically has been the one so many folks have wanted to win. Just what was that night like for you just absorbing all that? And 
with, with respect to my teammates, it was a different experience for me than it was for them. A lot of them uh, were really young at this point, um, just coming out of their time at Wichita State, didn't have an affinity for the Open Championships. You know, this same group we had bowled the previous year in El Paso, we'd made the top 10 board for the first time in our lives. Um, you know, and I honestly really thought, you know, I thought when Chris and I took third and doubles and Chris uh, had a big four uh, in game three that I, we remember looking back on thinking it cost us. I thought it was my only opportunity at an Eagle. Um, you know, we came back and, and uh, that night, uh, first of all, those guys didn't know what team all events was. I, I don't think they knew. I, I assumed they knew that that was a thing. Um, but I want to say it was sometime when we were bowling uh, minors the next day that I had to explain to them, Hey, there's this, there's this big number that we're chasing. And, uh, and if I remember right, it was that one. I, I believe I rolled a two pin for in the 10th frame for us well, to we, get We've got there. that for you. That'll be coming up here in okay, a minute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, you know, those guys got it. And, and, you know, that was Dan Higgins group uh, was without a doubt, the one that made us sweat the most. They took the team all events that year um, uh, and saved the team Eagle for us, thankfully. And now they're, they're going to go on to be a, a perennial uh, powerhouse in that event for a lot of years. Um, you know, very, a lot of respect for those guys, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that night, like I said, I, I think it was different for me than the rest of them. We were in Reno. Those guys wanted to go do some gambling and, and have some fun and, and celebrate. And, and uh, I, I don't remember doing a whole lot of that that night myself because it, I knew there was still a, a task for us to do uh, next year or the next day. So um, it was fun, but I, I want to say we went to bed pretty early and, and tried to stay focused and, and a lot. I, I told you guys that, Hey, if we do well tomorrow, we'll rebook our flights. We'll stay another couple of days to, to hang out and party if we want, but um, we're still in work mode right now. So. So now as the, the old guy of that group at 28 years old, um, you know, you're out there, you, you take the lead, you understand what that means. You understand the significance the potential eagle on the line. Uh, so there's some some things there, obviously, that you mentioned. You're thinking that uh, that maybe they aren't. Uh, and while your role may not have been throwing all the strikes like like Prather would in the anchor position there, uh, you had a pretty important job to, to keep the team focused, uh, to, to keep them humble, uh, and then to be able to come back the next morning and do what needed to be done because you did know that there's a bigger picture. Not only is there one eagle out there for you, but obviously doubles and singles and then team all events – being the big one as well, uh, a 45-game marathon that, that takes a lot of communication, a lot of patience, of course, and some endurance that uh, you guys have experienced together. Uh, but what do you say as the leader of that team at that point the next morning to keep everybody focused uh, all the way through, to realize that team is over for now. We'll worry about the scoreboard and the leaderboards later. Let's let's go out and get this team all events, which you guys went out and did. You got the lead in very dramatic fashion. You didn't hold on to win. You got second place uh, in that, as you mentioned. Uh, but there's a lot happening there, a, a lot of things beyond just throwing strikes. Those guys have the talent. But to be able to perform and to, to be able to win takes way more than just throwing strikes. Yeah, we, we, were, we were all fortunate to go through Wichita State's program and, and trained with, with Gordon and Mark there and the folks that they bring in to help support us and and uh, – the big theme for that five-year span, we were at the back, the back end of a, a seven-year, eight-year plan of, of really focusing on the present moment and getting, getting centered in the now and recognizing that all great things happen in the now, not in the past, not in the future. Do what you can in the present moment. And I think that's really where our mindset was the next morning, growing up, waking up, going, uh, having breakfast, making sure that we were prepared, uh, services were right. 
balls were in line, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, we just we just talked about staying in the present moment, staying there for one another, staying positive, um, you know, uh, not getting too high, not living too low. Um, and uh, uh, I do remember mentioning uh, team all events to the group. And I don't remember who it was. Uh, it might've been a couple of them. They asked how much it paid. <laughs> and I said, it doesn't pay anything. And I remember at that time, again, just showing their age, you know, it was kind of like, well, I, I don't need a trophy. What, what's the big deal? I, you know, and I, I, I think high insight 2020, you know, we were fortunate. Our local association presented those Eagles to us at our, at our annual hall of fame banquet. And that was a really special night. And I think it really set in for all those guys. Um, what this means and that this is a lifetime achievement. This is not a, this is not some tournament that, that gets forgotten. Uh, people remember this stuff forever. Now the next morning, again, you mentioned that you might not be the best bowler on the team, uh, but in the end, it was you who delivered to get the team into the leading team all events. Uh, Chris Brader stepped up. Uh, I believe it was a, a stone eight pin for him uh, that put some of the pressure on your shoulders uh, and you got it done. It wasn't pretty by a textbook, uh, but some of those breaks have to happen along the way to make these magical things happen, uh, and it did. Uh, so, again, uh, I would imagine a flood of emotion, certainly uh, for those of us who are bowling fans and who are watching these moments, especially uh, knowing how much that opportunity would mean to you. Uh, can you describe the Team All event situation, uh, getting it done? Aaron's got the video. Uh, then you stepped up. You delivered in the 10th to finish things out. Uh, again, to get the lead. You can't win if you're not in the lead. Uh, but, man, that had to be a huge moment for you as well. Right. It's it's probability in my eyes. It was, you know, how do we put ourselves in the chance to, to to give ourselves the best chance to get an eagle? And, obviously, if you can leave the OC in the lead in more than one event, your odds uh, are greater. And so that was our number one objective was just to just to leave there. Um, it felt – it felt like we had a really good chance to win an Eagle after, after taking the team all of us lead. I wasn't convinced both numbers were going to hold up, but I, I left feeling like we had done it. Um, and I can still remember uh, pacing feverishly when Higgins group was bowling because they bowled so well in team and just missed our number. We knew, we knew they were going to chase the team all of us. And the team all of us is without a doubt, the hardest Eagle to win uh, putting those games together. Like you said, for 45 games, uh, and not having anybody flub and, and, and have a bad game, a bad set. Cause that's it, really all it takes is one person to have a miserable set and it makes it really hard to get, get there. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, we, 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 I think I threw a game break or two. We rolled that two pin. We felt, we felt like it was a gift. It, it was a gift. I, I, I probably gassed it a little bit. Um, and uh, actually, you know, that looks like it might've been a paradox. Um but yeah, that one was was not 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 my proudest moment. But it, it was still a lot of fun, and you know, you can say what you want to say. There was plenty of stone tins in there too to to you know to say that that made up for it. And I I don't really pay attention. You mentioned the the stone eight that Prather had. I don't really remember those things. You know, I I I try so bad to hold on to the good moments and and forget about the bad ones. Um, and I think that's just a mindset. It keeps me more positive. Um, and so the two pin is the one I remember. I don't remember all the rat tins that I had. I'm sure they were there. Uh, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. And I, I hope so bad at some point in time in my life that, that, uh, we're able to put a group together again, be nice if we could have some of the same guys involved, um, but put a group together that we can go back out there and make another run. Well, just so you know that being a part of those moments 
it's pretty awesome for us as well. So uh, thank you for uh, for letting us share in that. Uh, and then at that point, again, you mentioned the possibility of staying longer in Reno, celebrating a little bit, but you, you probably know as well that there's still a lot that can happen in the, the five or six weeks after that moment uh, where you're at home, you're waiting. Now I can imagine just based on the way that you guys described the Wichita bowling community, which we already kind of knew, uh, I could see the plane landing uh, and the entire bowling community just lined up with banners welcoming you home. Uh, of course, that, that that doesn't really happen, but it, it has to feel that way. Uh, coming home to Wichita in the lead, position for an eagle, uh, and then to wait it out and to, to get that phone call. Uh, tell us about those weeks, waiting and waiting, watching the scores. You mentioned Higgies already. Uh, they, they got one. They let you have the other. Uh, but to get that call and to, to experience all that comes with after taking the lead, tell us about that. Oh, it was nerve-wracking. Um, you know, and I was without a doubt the bigger mess of all of us. Um, for what reason, like I said, because of my affinity for the history of the tournament and, and, and Wichita Bowling Community's history, um, it, it probably meant the most to me um, from, a, from a, an accomplishment perspective. You know, the, 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 the money we got, things like that were, were nice, but uh, the Eagles are forever. The money spends, the Eagles are forever. And, uh, you know, like I said, we, we, we rented like a big expedition that year. So we drove all the way out and drove all the way back. Um, and it was euphoric, you know, 20 some odd hours in the car, uh, which is where I think some of the best memories are made uh, coming back. It just felt, you just felt like a winner. And, uh, you know, you come back, you get in the bowling community, you start bowling Lee again, and everybody comes up and, you know, everybody that's anybody, uh, people that I've idolized for, for my entire life coming up and congratulating us and telling us how proud they are and, and uh, how special it was, especially back then to watch it, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that things are the way they are now that make that, make that hard to do. But, uh, uh, you know, being able to have that on video and uh, one day be able to sit there and watch it with my kids, um, you know, it, it'll be cool. I, I said it earlier. I wish so badly that we had video footage of the Chilton, uh, the Chilton Eagles, because I would absolutely be go back, going back and watching that, that kind of stuff on a regular basis. Well, Brent, we'll bring it back to that and obviously kind of tie all this together. Uh, we have a comment in our Facebook chat from Mark Jensen talking about the banquet after getting the call, notifying that you guys officially won the regular team event. Uh, just talk about being able to celebrate that moment with, uh, with the community uh, when it was all said and done, finally over, Eagles were all ears. Yeah, uh, the banquet was really special. We weren't sure how we were going to do it. You know, it takes a while for that whole process to, to happen. Um, our banquet's typically in, in, near the end of August. Um, so we waited a number of months for them. But, uh, but having it presented, not, not just at our banquet, but, but the entire Chilton team was there. Um, Paul Wallachek, uh, Gordon, Mark. I think Steelsmith might have been there in place of Bob Chappelle, um, but certainly still part of that Chilton bowling brand. Uh, you know, Gordon, Mark, Mark, Paul, and Rick. Uh, with with our four, Chris Prather was doing what he does out bowling something. He couldn't he couldn't be there for it. But it was really really cool to get those awards from the Chilton team. Uh, Mark, I think, was the MC of the banquet that year, so he was the one that. And Mark Mark has a way with words. Uh, if you've ever watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, the old one with Robert Stack, he sounds just like the man, uh, but he's very well spoken. He 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 cares about this. Mark is. Uh, uh, equally as passionate, if not more passionate about bowling and about uh, how it can impact lives as I am. And, and so he takes his time with that stuff and really does it right. And uh, as a moment, I'll always, I'll always remember. It was really, really special. 
Now, in that process and, and kind of the passing of the baton, as, as they called it, um, to be part of the history at that point, when did it all sink in for you? Was it with the phone call? Was it the Eagle? Was it being with those guys? Uh, was it the next year as the defending champs? Uh, uh, just to realize that, hey, you, your name is on this, uh, this very short list of, of very important people. Yeah, there's for me, for me, and I can only speak from my own experience. I there was no moment in time where it, it felt it, it was a slow sinking in. It, it uh, you know, from the car ride home to the official announcement of us winning to the checks showing up in the mail and, and winning one of the largest sums of, of money we'd ever won, a number of us, you know, um, to the trophies finally arriving and being presented at that banquet in front of our bowling community. Um, and then getting to go back and get the presentation um, from Mr. Hagen and, and the group there at the tournament, finally seeing those those eagle emblems next to our name. And it was also, you know, one thing that that we, our group will probably never see again. It was really cool to have the entire team with eagles next to our name, you know, to to know that this was the group that had done it together. And, and uh, you know, when I bowled with Coach Lewis, he was the only one in our group. Uh, Billy Murphy talks about bowling with Paul Wallachek his uncle who was on the Chilton team and how special it is to watch Paul go out there and, and wave and, and be, be recognized as an Eagle champion. Um, you know, that's certainly something that's going to keep me coming back as if I wasn't already going to go ball all the time. It's certainly something to look forward to and, uh, and be remembered for. It's, it's uh, it, like I said, it, and you guys have brought a lot of it back. I've been so detached from it. So detached from competitive bowling on my own end for so long now, um, you know, it can't, I think I might show up and go practice after this interview. I uh, uh, I do miss those days a great deal, but at the same time, love the fact that I get to come in and work in the bowling business every day too. Yeah, uh, Aaron does have a follow up question, but before we before we jump in there, I just have to know: um, at any point, uh, were there tears for you? Because I think uh, in that position, uh, I, I'd I'd be crying for sure at some point. Uh, sometimes even making those phone calls gets emotional for us. Uh, between you, me, Aaron, and hundreds of viewers. Uh, it did it at any point. Did, did it come to that for you? I'm a crybaby. I openly admit it. I think I think crying is good. I think your body's trying to do it for a reason. Um, so, but but the funny thing is, is that it sneaks up on me. I I don't think I'm going to cry. Everything's fine, and then it'll get me. I, I I think the most tears for me were shed at the banquet. I mean, almost like like ugly cry. You know, I mean, at the banquet when Chilton was there to present those awards for us, the way that Mark Jensen introduced us. Um, one by one, announcing my name last, knowing that I was in a was was the I was the elder of the group, and I had kind of assembled this group. Um, you know, I may not have been, I, I'm certainly not the most most talented on that team, but knowing that I was uh, the the puppeteer, right, the the guy that that put all this together, and and uh, that was certainly special. And at the time, you know, we were running the Bowers Bowling Tour events. Uh, so to slap the to slap the BBT name on that team, and now allow that team name to live in infamy forever, uh, it, it, it does feel like my team. You know, I was you know, and it it, it is really really special. Um, those guys are really really special. But no, there's no question that the tears probably flowed heaviest. Um, you know, probably calling my mom, calling my brother. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't remember it specifically, but I'm sure that I probably cried on the phone with them. And, and like you said, like I said, at the banquet, when Mark introduced us, it all started to build and swell. And I just kind of, I, I remember losing it and, and kind of giving it the old ugly cry that day. 
Well, Brent, uh, you know, you talked about your work in the bowling industry and uh, North Rock Lane's obviously a historic venue, so much history there. And uh, one of the coolest things about walking into North Rock Lanes, which so many people got to experience, you know, this year alone with the USBC Women's Championships, uh, was the trophy case uh, that is right to the right when you go through the second uh, set of doors there. And, uh, you know, you guys got your team picture there along with, uh, you know, some pretty memorable history. We got the Eagle, uh, you know, team tilt, uh, the 300s, uh, all that together. What's it like to walk past that every day, uh, you know, getting to do uh, – you know, knowing you did that for the sport you love, walking into a job that you love, helping the sport. It's cool. It's a motivator. Um, you know, it, it sometimes it feels a little selfish. I kind of feel a little embarrassed to be putting it on display like that. And it's not It's not for me. It's for it, – that eagle doesn't belong to me. The, those trophies don't belong to the Wichita bowling community. I, I uh, uh, you know, it's funny. We Mark Jensen was just here yesterday, and we, uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to pull our individual eagle out, and he's – down at the Wichita Sports Hall of Fame, they've got their team sponsor trophy, which is what you see to the left and the right of that eagle. So we're actually going to bring their team sponsor trophy in so that we have the team sponsor trophy of of their team, the team tilt team, and then the Bowers Bowling Tour team in 16. And so uh, change it up a little bit. But it is. It's uh, it's neat. You know, there's so much history that's happened here. And and, and uh, my boss has talked about it a, no, a number of times. Um, you know, we need more. We need more cabinet space. We need more trophy cabinet space. Uh, we've talked about building things in the entryway, potentially building things over in the spare lounge back behind lanes nine and 10, where we display a lot of the jerseys and the shirts of past champions. Um, Cause we've got a lot of stuff that, that could go on display. You know, uh, we've got one of those from these 300 uh, Dave Ozio's 279 and 93. Um, so many special events and getting to host the U S open in 2018 and watch Dom win with my buddy Chris Prather on the show. That was really special. Um, then watching Dasha, a Wichita State alumni, uh, win the Queens in 19 when the Women's uh, Championships was here. Uh, just really, really special. And so uh, we need to we need to showcase that better. But that, that trophy case, in my opinion, isn't big enough. We need to do a better job of, of displaying that. So now, Brent, all these, these young, talented bowlers are coming to town, coming into North Rock for all these terrific events that you guys run. Uh, now you're kind of the guy 20 years later, you're the tilt and vending in a way uh, of this new generation. They're looking up to you. They're, they're seeing and hearing about your successes and your teams. And uh, of course the, the guys you bowl with uh, you hosted the, the storm youth championships recently, uh, a lot of top talent there, some great signings for Wichita state uh, this week. You mentioned Ryan Barnes was in the building practicing, uh, trying to make his own legacy. Uh, what advice do you have for these guys coming in? They are you. 15 or 20 years ago, uh, trying to, to make their way in this bowling world. I work harder than I did. Um, you know, Ryan comes in, uh, made a made a late decision to come to Wichita state. Wasn't sure if he was going to pursue a career, pursue uh, college basketball or not. Um, and he's trying out for the bowling team here. Uh, you know, I, I went out golfing with a number of the Wichita state players yesterday and I, I try really hard. I mean, a lot of them are here, you know, away from their families for the first time. So, I, I do what I can to uh, uh, be a good influence and to, um, you know, kind of a fatherly figure for some of them. And I take them out to lunch. I take them out to breakfast and dinner once in a while and, and uh, just try to try to be a voice of reason sometimes when they're going through tough stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, the one thing I try to tell them all is don't waste this time. This is the most special time of your life for most of you. And uh, uh, the majority of you will not go on to become – 
Jason Belmonte or, 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 or something of that, of that like. Um, but work hard like you might. Work hard like you're trying to become the greatest player on earth because the only way you do become the greatest player on earth is you don't give up and you work really, really hard. And so, um, but at the same time, I try to make it very clear to them how important it is to give back to bowling, recognize all that bowling has given them. There's, there's too many people out there that, that, that move too quickly to talk about the bad things they don't like about bowling. Um, and I've got probably a handful of things for every reason they don't like bowling. I've probably got four or five reasons why bowling is special and great and a, and a lifetime sport that, uh, that you never have to stop playing and, uh, kids can earn scholarships at, at any age. And, and, uh, it's bowling is so unique. It, it's, it, it's uncomparable to anything else out there. Um, and so I try to make sure they understand that they owe, they owe something back to the sport of bowling. The sport of bowling is giving them a great gift right now. And I hope that they respect that. And, uh, you know, are respectful when they're in our bowling centers, uh, bowling in our leagues. Uh, they're, they're, they recognize that they are on display as Wichita State and Newman University. Uh, you know, our league bowlers look to them, our open play people bowling next to them that might not show lane courtesy or something like that. They don't know these things. And so it's important that they, uh, you know, that they, they treat that with some respect. Well, we certainly appreciate all you do to, to stay in town there and really uh, transition and teach the next generation um, we did see recently on social media, we don't have a video, uh, but you had an opportunity to kind of turn back time a little bit uh, and go back to your Wichita State days and, and experience something uh, that the program is pretty known for. And it's uh, not only just bowling and practicing the mental game in, in school, but uh, the physical conditioning as well uh, that the team must go through. Uh, always in, in great, great shape. And, and there's a, a nice video of you. Uh-oh. Aaron Smith doing oh, some boy. homework, uh, but uh, yeah. going through some of it. And now I know uh, North Rock Lane is also very well known for the AJ's Grill and uh, the amazing pizza there. Uh, so how much uh, how much trouble has the, the AJ's Pizza uh, been since graduating to, uh, to to get where you are? And how did this uh, how did this turn out for you in the day that followed? Maybe you know. I, first of all, I didn't actually do the test. Um, a lot of people assumed I was going to be sore uh, the next day. Um, you know, I, 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 I wasn't sore. I only did about four push-ups and a quick little jog there. Um, but it's funny that post, I, I've been going, uh, for three years now to watch them do their PT test and, and honestly support them. I took a cooler of waters. I take my megaphone. I take, uh, I take a, a JBL speaker with me to give them some Rocky like music. And, uh, uh, typically it's out at Cessna stadium, uh, in a bigger venue. Uh, the weather was bad this day. So we did it upstairs, but, um, three years ago, Chris green from team tilt went with me, uh, last year I went with Wesley Lowe this year with Mitch Hupe. And, uh, and I'm hopeful more alumni will come out and support them there. Cause, uh, there is kind of this gap between the current Wichita state crew and the alumni. And a lot of the Wichita state kids and a lot of the college kids in town used to bowl leagues, uh, a lot more. It was a lot more common, even the girls team and whatnot. Uh, I've tried really hard to get them back in and get them introduced to the community. But at the same time, when they're bowling league, they got to realize that they, they are looked highly upon. People are watching them. They're paying attention. As, as, as Coach V used to always say, Wichita State is under a microscope. People are always paying attention to what we do. Um, and so, but I do, I do really want more alumni to go out there with me each year, sit on the bleachers, you know, cheer for him, clap for him. Uh, Mark Bufa even reached out. He wants to do some kind of a virtual PT test of all the alumni. I, I, I haven't, I haven't committed to that yet, but I'm sure Mark, I'm sure Mark can still compete with a lot of those guys um, in the PT test, the two minute 
the two minute push-up test, the two minute sit-up test and the two mile run. But I think it would be fun to have a squad of, of alumni attempt the PT test maybe at the end of the day, but it, it's, it, it was a fun day. Now, a lot of people try to argue that bowling is not a sport, uh, but at Wichita state, certainly uh, you guys treat it very much. So uh, out there training, doing, doing physical conditioning and that that's part of the plan. And then, I mean, obviously there's talent coming in, but uh, all of that hard work put together has to add up to the kind of success and the commitment that you guys have as a team. Uh, and then to be able to take that out into the real world and, and have the success as well. Uh, it's gotta be pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody can make an argument that being in shape could hurt your ability as a bowler. Um, you know, certainly want to prevent injury and uh, stretching and things like that. Uh, it, it's probably a little bit different plan or uh, uh, you know, workout uh, plan than maybe other sports would be, but that's, that's common. Every sport has its, its, uh, its own plan, you know, on how that works. And so uh, historically, Wichita State's always done that PT test. I know they've gotten a lot more involved uh, with fitness. And, and honestly, the group that they've got now uh, is probably one of the fittest teams that we've had. And I, I don't know if that's just college bowling in general or whatnot, but uh, I know when I was on the team, John Zerbinski and I were running pretty slow. Uh, Jake Peters had come in a year or two after that. He was running pretty slow, um, you know, and so uh, so it's definitely – Fitness is definitely becoming a part of competitive bowling, which I think is a great thing. Well, again, uh, awesome stuff and, and everything that you're doing there also to, uh, again, facilitate the, the, the next steps for the next generation. Uh, what's coming up for you for North Rock Lanes? There seems to always be some kind of event happening there, uh, always running something, trying to come up with new ideas just to, to keep people there and motivated and bowling uh, and doing everything you can. What's up? Um, we've got the Swiss trios coming up not this uh, coming weekend, but the next weekend, that's uh, an event that histor historically fills with three member teams. He does 46 teams. Matt McFadden does a great job running that event. Um, there's still some slots for this was, I think they've got three or four team slots. Obviously COVID has thrown a wrench in a lot of this stuff. We just got done with the storm youth championships, our second year running that, um, that event is amazing. They, they sold out in seven minutes. Uh, I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. Um, obviously something very special about that event, the kids and the families that come into Wichita. Uh, we get a lot of compliments from people that come to Wichita that have never been here that don't realize what Wichita is or how it works. And, 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 and I can't quite explain it. You know, Chad's referenced Hutchinson uh, and Wichita as the, the paradise corridor. Um, it, 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 it's definitely not like uh, other places in the country. Uh, the people are friendly. Um, you know, you get all four seasons here. And obviously, if you're a bowler, there's a great community that, that, that will welcome you. But, uh, um, you know, the SYC was great this last weekend. We'll have the Swiss trios. Um, we just got done flooring, getting majority of our fall leagues on the floor. We're in the process of creating our short season league structure. We always create a, a schedule of leagues to fill the gaps um, that typically starts in October and will run for eight to ten weeks until Christmas. And then we'll run another section of short season leagues starting in January. Um, otherwise after Swiss, as far as competitive terms, we've got some small sweepers that our company will put on at different bowling centers that we own, um, between now and Christmas. But, uh, uh, our hope there is that as the weather gets colder, hopefully we'll get some, uh, some party business back. Um, you know, Christmas parties, corporate parties, things like that. We are 56,000 square feet, 48 lanes, largest bowling center in the state of Kansas. Um, so there is plenty of room for us to, uh, space out and social distance, um, so, uh, yeah, we're just, you know, we're fighting through this time like anybody else is and trying to do it as safe as possible um, while also helping people have fun. That's what we, we that's what we do. We're in the we're in the fun business, you know. So whether that's tournaments, leagues or parties, cosmic, whatever, we want people to associate bowling with fun. 
Well, and hopefully the Inside the OC podcast with fun as well because uh, it, it really is, uh, and it has been. Um, as we get ready to wind down, Brent, you've now you've been a, a youth bowler, a youth leader, a sportsmanship award winner, a star of tomorrow, junior team USA, collegiate champion, eventually an eagle winner, uh, and now you're in a, in a role to, to help shape the future of bowling. That's a lot. And, and you said it didn't feel like that much, and you're still a young guy. Uh, you have much respect coming in from all around the industry. Um, it's still probably pretty early to, to determine. Um, but what would you like your legacy to be in the sport of bowling? When it's all done, with all the things you've accomplished and, and all the things you're trying to do, uh, what do you want the Brent Bowers legacy to be? Uh, names that come to mind are people like Bill Lillard and Joe Norris and Dick Weber. Um, I hope when it's all said and done, I, I made a post the other day, which I, I, I've been doing more lately, but I, I've, I've done a good job of avoiding social media here lately. But, uh, uh, you know, I just want people, when, when I'm gone, I want them to know that I did this for the right reasons and that uh, bowling has been paying me, right? They've been, they've been, bowling has been giving me things throughout my entire life. And my objective, my goal is just to give it back and to ensure that, that bowling the way it is today still exists in this market, in this community in 20 or 30 years, um, so that the next Brent Bowers can be influenced the same way that I was, um, you know, one foot in front of the other. I, I, I live, eat, sleep and breathe bowling and I love it. And I, it, it, it truly does feel like the more I give to it, the more I get back from it. And it's, that's not intentional. It just seems to happen. Um, great relationships, great people, but, um, yeah, when it's all said and done, you know, uh, Obviously, there's Hall of Fames that that one day I'm hopeful to 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 be in that that I'm able to share those connections with people like Mark Lewis and Mark Jensen um, and Bill Lillard and Dick Weber, you know, things like that. That that's the stuff that motivates me is just trying to carry on those folks' legacy, you know, because they're not, you know, uh, obviously Dick and, and and Bill Lillard aren't here anymore, and and people like Mark Jensen and Mark Lewis and Gordon Vatican won't be here forever, and and I just want to make sure that I I help keep that tradition. Uh, moving and going and, and uh, uh, keep the history alive, you know. Brent, I, I think the word ambassador is not enough to express what you mean to the sport. Uh, we got to come up with a new term to just describe everything you bring to uh, the sport of bowling. So thank you for that, sir. Um, yeah, thank you. And you talked about the history and obviously a big historical moment, uh, you know, last year at North Rock Lanes. Uh, and, you know, something I got to spend a lot of time at. Uh, the 100th edition of the women's championships being held there. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, that was a new transition for the tournament going away from, uh, you know, the, the convention center setting, uh, trying to fit everything into the bowling center. And I know that was definitely a labor of love for not only you, but all the folks at North Rock Lanes. Uh, what was that experience like being able to uh, bring that tournament in? Obviously, the transformation of North Rock Lanes and, uh, you know, just being a part of that history as well. Um, it was really special, you know, uh, as somebody who cares a lot about the OC and the women's championship in general, I mean, the, the, the women, you know, the OC is the, the largest participatory sporting event on earth and the women's is the second largest. And, uh, uh when you tell that to non bowlers, they really, it, it draws a light bulb in their head kind of, wow, I had, I had no idea this existed in bowling. And so to host an event like that now, not North Rock for the second time, we had it back in 04, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, this was actually the, the place where ABC and WIBC made the decision to uh, migrate to the United States Bowling Congress. Um, you know, it, it, is, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, uh, a labor of love, like, like mentioned. Um, you know, we certainly could have done better. Uh, I think that's the challenge. 
It's one of the reasons why we'd like to host, you know, we host the Southwest Bowling Tournament every year, have for 15 years. It has grown every year. It's been at North Rock Lanes. Started at 270 teams, is now eclipsed over 800 teams. Um, we get better with time and with, uh, with re repetition. And, uh, you know, uh, I I'm hopeful if the opportunity comes to bid for those events again in the future, we're, we're going to do it because I know if I'm still here, which I hope to be, um, if and when the Women's Championship ever makes it back to Wichita, we'll do an even better job of, of uh, ensuring that everybody has a great trip to Wichita and, and enjoys our facility. Um, you know, I was involved a little bit in the bidding process. I wasn't with North Rock at the time, but I was involved with the, the local convention and visitors bureau when they bid for that event. Um, and it, it's a, it's a significant, you know, economic impact to our community. And it, it really, for us, it's great because it allows us to showcase bowling to the non bowlers of our community. They, they realize how important bowling is to Wichita, even when they're not, actively bowling themselves and uh i was around and familiar with the 2011 bidding process for the oc would have been fantastic if that would have happened um we we you know we we hit some snags that didn't allow it to happen but uh uh that would be you know at the end of at the end of it all i, I, I would i would absolutely kill for the opportunity to have an open championships in a convention center somewhere here in wichita but uh uh you know control the controllables uh, if, if an opportunity comes for us to bid i will certainly be at the front of the line pushing our community to do whatever necessary to bring um, one of those two events uh, back to Wichita. Well, a lot of great insight there. We certainly appreciate uh, all the support and all the hard work. And I know that event uh, as well as the Queens turned out great, but a lot of happy folks leaving Wichita uh, and ready to go back. Aaron Smith included for sure. Uh, oh. We sure covered a lot of ground today. Um, talking about the, the life and times of Brent Bowers. We took it all the way back. Uh, we didn't get to show the diapers picture, but uh, we'll save that for another day. You're welcome. Um, wow. Well, and luckily, uh, my, my mom has a photo somewhere of me bowling buck naked in the hallway <laughs> of our house. And it used to be on her board at Farmland when she was at, uh, working in Hutchinson. She's lost it. Thank God she's lost it because that picture would be everywhere. Uh, throwing a, a six-pound slime ball, a Brunswick slime ball, my very first bowling ball with a couple of pins set up at the end of the hallway, fresh out of the bathtub. Um, I, I honest to God never destroyed that photo, but I'm sure she thinks I did. Maybe the dog ate it. I don't know, but thank goodness she didn't get a hold of that one. Very nice. Well, as you mentioned, uh, you know, some of these memories to share with your kids and hopefully not recreating that photo, uh, at any point as well. But, uh, again, say hello to, to the wife for us and all the folks in Wichita, uh, very, very friendly folks that we can't wait to see them in 2021 in Las Vegas. Aaron Smith, any final thoughts for today before we head out? Uh, Brent, just a, once again, a big thanks, uh, just for everything you do for the sport. You know, uh, if there's anything that, you know, folks can take away from this podcast is your love and dedication to it. And I, I think all of us feel the same way and that we're lucky to spend each and every day involved with this great sport. So thank you for showcasing that today. So, uh, next time we're all in Wichita, we're going to go scotch and sirloin. Uh, we're going to have a good steak, maybe a drink or two and, uh, you know, just celebrate bowling in a little bit different way, but, uh, but looking forward to seeing you again, sir. And obviously uh, best of luck with all the ventures that we, in Wichita and North Rock lanes and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you guys. Thank you. It's, it's been a wonderful trip down memory lane. I, I wasn't expecting a lot of this. I appreciate the heads up on the special guest. Really appreciate you letting me know he was going to pop in and uh, take me back to my childhood, but uh, it, was a, it was a very fun day. I, thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, we're all about the fun and surprises. And, folks, the fun doesn't end here on Bolt TV coming up tomorrow. Uh, we have the greatest seasons in PWBA and, and women's bowling 
uh, that'll be coming up, and uh, we'll have that next Friday as well. And uh, on the PWA podcast on Monday, it is going to be uh, from the Miami Waves and Phoenix Fury, the PBA League coaches, uh, Kim Kearney and Bob Learn Jr. Looking forward to that. And then scheduled for next week here on the Inside the OC podcast, uh, possibly the gentleman who saved my job at USBC. I can't wait to tell that story. Sean Lee won a 300 game at the 2008 Open Championships on the absolute perfect day at the perfect time. Uh, thank you, Sean. We'll uh, we'll talk much more about that and tell that story. That was the pre-video days. Uh, so unfortunately, we only have my story to go by, which may or may not be embellished quite a bit. Uh, but look forward to that next week here on Inside the OC. And folks, that is going to do it for today. Once again, we appreciate everybody tuning in for this extended edition with special guest Chad Murphy, the executive director of USBC, and of course, the hardworking Brent Bowers. For Aaron Smith, my name is Matt Canizaro, folks. That's the news for now. We'll see you on the links.